This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today is Hans, who is uh, voicing disdain for Mike White from School of Rock for some reason. You hate this guy, huh? No, yeah, no, yeah. I just, like, who cares? Like, why is he a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never seen anything he's done, but he just looks, he's, he's very James Gunny to me, where you just look at them and you're just like, I just want to punch you in the face. Who is he? You know? He's a writer. He's an actor. He's a direct. He, you know what he did? Uh, Chuck and Buck. You ever see Chuck and Buck? No. Chuck and Buck is a f- very interesting film. It's about a couple of kids who uh, used to suck each other off, and then one kid falls in love with the other kid. And the other kid's like, "What? No, we were just messing around. It was like 1982. That's what we did back then. You're we <laughs> a kid. What? You're thinking about marrying me? You're thinking about kissing me on the lips now?" It's been 15 years, dude. What are you? What the fuck are you you on about? Jeez. Anyway, Chuck and Buck is a hilarious movie. Mike White stars in that. I think he wrote and directed it, too. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, that's a good recommendation. That's where the whole Sneed wow. th- the meme comes from. As, as, as always, I'm, I'm unaware of these internet things that you talk about. We're boomers, but, Hans. But yeah, but he looks like, like a pedophile Chris Kringle. Like... <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> James Gunn gives me that vibe of like, why, why do you look like this? Like, what are you trying to do with your look, with your Mark Hoppus hair before cancer and that weird beard? Yeah, he looks like he has, um, like he has potential to be a, like a would-be pederast. Um, I, I don't really have much against his filmmaking. Uh, I just don't like who he is when he's not direct- directing, whenever he's talking and it's not about a movie. Uh, whenever he's talking about anything else, he just feels very Kevin Smith to me. So it's really annoying. But I, I've enjoyed most of his films, so I have nothing against him as a filmmaker. It's just he needs to shut up. <laughs> yes, I agree with you, uh, <laughs> Anthony. What do you, I mean? What are your thoughts on James Gunn? You don't seem like the type of guy who is uh, uh, big on cape shit. Uh, I I used to be, but. Um... Oh, so, all right. So I'll answer the question first. Uh, James Gunn, I, I really liked that movie. Didn't he do Slither? Yes, he did. And that was really good. Um, and I and I had kind of a, a hopeful... When I was talking earlier about the guy who looks like a pederast, it's, it was James Gunn. That's who I meant. Because I didn't know the guy that you were talking about, Low. But uh, I always thought he's like really talented. And I thought that the, what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy was clever... And that he, um, he, what he's really good at is characters and getting to a character and getting you to care for a character. And so I, I, I think he's a competent filmmaker. I think that he's, he's kind of a fanboy of like Tarantino. It's kind of a Tarantino style that he uses in this movie a little bit. It just, you know what I mean? Like the humor, the mute, the weird music, the, I like the music, but it was, you know, they're weird choices. The, the music in this movie almost felt like they, they felt like they had an obligation to like almost bring some of the, did you see the original Suicide Squad from 2016? Cause that's a movie that suffers from a lot of the music in it where they went so heavy on pop uh, and it suffocates. It's very like Fear Street 1994 in that way, where you can't go five minutes without a major track playing. It felt like there was some desire to have like a linking style. Like, all right, because you see a lot of these superhero movies, especially from DC, and they don't include pop music in them. 
Uh, but with this movie specifically, and I guess it's a James Gunn thing in general because he does that with, with Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, it seemed like they wanted some sort of link there to make people who are either familiar with his work or familiar with that first one feel a little more at home uh, with this new start or end, I guess, if we're going to take a look at the box office. This is bomb. Nobody saw this shit. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's not doing so well. I, you know, I like I, I, I told you before that um, the uh, the uh, what do you call it the uh, the people that uh, I work with said that they didn't like it. I didn't like it. You didn't like it, Hans. Well, you're a normie, Hans. Everybody knows that. You got normie taste. <laughs> I think I'm just very superheroed out. I think like I just nothing about the way that any of the human characters in this uh, interacted with each other made me care about any of them. Like I felt more for like the animals in it, like the weasel and the shark and the <laughs> little rat did more to me than any human in the movie. That's why they kept them all alive like... is because they knew yeah, you would be I tuning think. in for them and they didn't want to alienate you <laughs> yeah. and they still did. Yeah. People that like uh, dogs better than, than humans, I guess. But I just, I don't know. Everything felt very, um, like, trying to to uh, recapture that magic uh, that Guardians of the Galaxy had, which is still my favorite MCU movie, the first one. Uh, but in this one, um, I feel like the R rating uh, worked against it instead of for it because it, it felt like every time there was a joke, it was either a curse word or a dick joke or something offensive. Uh, and I, I don't know, I guess I'm past the point where uh, someone saying, yeah, I, w I would suck a bitch full of dicks if whatever. It's just like, wh what is this? You know, like, what am I watching? Like, I'm supposed to be laughing at John Cena saying he would suck a bitch full of dicks like that. None of the humor worked for me, uh, and uh, I, I, it also felt like the, the, the shark thing that's very popular with everyone, it was very Groot. It was too. very Groot, and it felt, it, that felt so derivative. You know, King Shark, it, it, that character's not really like that, right? Because, I mean, yeah. I'm not too familiar with it. Uh, I hate to admit this, but maybe once upon a time, I used to watch that CW Flash show when I was a younger <laughs> man. Yeah. And uh, the King Never. Shark character, not... Yeah. Not really the same. There's some intellect uh, there to that, even though it's a ridiculous villain. Um, and here, yeah, he is just Groot. He's just Baby Yoda. He has his couple of lines that they, you know, tread out every so often. And uh, Sylvester Stallone probably got paid extremely well just to just to say all that. <laughs> to, to mumble through it. And it's just, yeah, toy, a toy. That's what it was. I was uh, laughing to myself knowing that Sylvester Stallone had to stand in a booth and deliver some of those lines. Like, food? Just say food over and over? He's a 65-year-old man with a giant rock head. Um, now, now, how intoxicated were you when you watched this, Loris? That's besides the point, Hans. I didn't learn about this until days later when I talked to you about it. You were like, oh, yeah, I liked it, but I was wasted watching it. I was like, well, like, maybe that's why you like it. Well... That certainly played a part, I'm sure. But my cognitive skills are rarely impaired, even when I'm under the influence. So I feel like I'm a good judge of character. And hey, listen, the critics agree with me, Hans. This is 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So you're the outsider on this show. Anthony, I mean, what were your, what were your thoughts on the Suicide Squad upon first viewing? I know you said you watched this uh, at least once, right? 
I, yeah, I watched it twice. I watched it um, again tonight when I got home with uh, my uh, with my stepson. So when you were asking about cape shit, I I took him to go see Lego Batman a few years ago when that came out to the theaters. And, Much better. And, well, well, we'll we'll see about that. And so <laughs> I remember I was sitting. We were sitting. We always sit in the middle in the back, back in the middle, and. He was sitting to my right, and to the right of him, there was this guy, and he looked about my age, maybe in his 30s, maybe late 20s, and he was just sitting there giggling to himself and like rocking back and forth, like, <laughs> like to jokes that I wasn't laughing at. I was like, this is fucking. Yeah, that was probably me. That was me. Just a childish 30 something year old. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember looking at him, I was like, oh, man, I'm never going to see one of these movies by myself again. <laughs> so so that was the end for me for going to see them. So then he would go and see him with his friends. If I didn't go with him to the theater, I just wouldn't see it till it got to, the, to, to video. And then, but, so the first movie I didn't really like, uh, we didn't really like, we saw that. So we watched it he just got back from a trip and so we watched it tonight having both had we both had already just watched it like yesterday so but what was funny was that he got all that dick humor and all that all those all the jokes all that shit and so he and i could like look at each other and be like yeah it's funny you know like and and so so as i think like this is a perfect movie for young dads to bring their like young 14 year old 13 year old kids right. and be like this is a rated r movie there's no there's or, no sucking and fucking in it but it's like it's it's yeah this isn't chuck and buck you don't want to bring your son to chuck right. and buck <laughs> yeah you don't want to do yeah. that so, so what you're saying is this movie is perfect for irresponsible set fathers that uh, <laughs> uh that hey. present movies for children Hans, you could do this watching this, is this... <laughs> Hey, I took him to see. Um, <laughs> I took him to see. Uh, what was that fucking movie? Uh, oh shit! I'm. I'm. Um, uh, what was that movie? Sex in the City too. <laughs> no, no, it's the the, the, the Softy Brothers movie. Um, Good time. Uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Yeah, Uncut Gems. There we go. Because he likes basketball, and he plays NBA 2K, and I'm just trying to teach him about gambling because that's what he was doing on the game, and I was like. Let's go see this movie with Adam Sandler. He's a funny guy. I showed him an Adam Sandler movie. I was like, we'll go see Uncut Gems. And uh, and then I didn't know there's like a finger banging scene in it. <laughs> just like, and he's like 12 years old. Like, mm. And everyone was looking at me. And I mean, I felt like everybody was looking at me. But, but, you know, but now he walks around being like, Howie, Howie, you got a face. You know, he's, he's but uh, yeah, you're right. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, th this this kind of movie doesn't exist really anymore, though, to what you're saying. You could bring, uh, you know, like a 13-year-old to an R-rated comedy in the year 2000 or 2005 or, or what, and that's just been weeded out. Now you have very safe superhero comedies, and superhero films have taken the place of comedies in the mainstream. So this is really, and when I was watching this, it did feel uh, at points more like, a, like an 80s comedy in that way than... Uh, your traditional superhero entertainment um, just because you know it had a a level of 
all right, they're on a mission, but it's also going to play it blue, and we're not going to let the the action or the story elements necessarily distract from what comes first, which is going to be the comedy. The comedy is going to come first. We're not going to worry about world building here. We're going to throw in a bunch of characters that are meaningless, do whatever we want with them, make as many jokes as possible, and hopefully you'll have a good time with that. And I thought that was refreshing and certainly a change from the last one, which was not intended as a comedy. It was retrofit, shoehorned into a comedy in the editing bay because of the the, uh, trailer park company that re-edited the whole film. Um, and didn't want to have the the Jared Leto Joker is abusive to Harley Quinn storyline or whatever, and everything else that was trash about it probably from the start. Um, but uh, I I don't know I like that I like that aspect of this movie that uh, you know uh, you you said it over text it's an irreverent film and we don't have too many of those anymore. You don't have too many films where where a woman's tits are bouncing around and it's like an active acknowledged thing. Like it's a visual joke on screen that you have <laughs> big bouncing breasts. Nobody wants to do that anymore. There's a rape joke in this movie from Peter Capaldi. You know, that that kind of thing, you don't you don't see it in, in mainstream films. Yeah, they um that's what I liked about it. I was like, oh this this is fun. This is like he said, it's like an eighties. It's kind of like an eighties movie where it's just it's completely throwaway. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it also, at the same time, it, it, it there are certain characters that you. What what I really liked was in the beginning Michael Rooker's character, and it's kind of the sort of main point of the I think the main point of what the director and writer were getting at, which is. He's in this he's in this space and he's bouncing this ball and you see this little pretty bird and he kills the bird. So right away it's like the audience should know that this these are not this is not a good person. This is not someone that you're going to root for. This is a bad person who is just evil for no reason. And then they they even give you more information about the weasel killing 27 children and um so it what it does is it, it introduces you to characters that Pete Davidson's a very annoying person. Um, you know, uh, he's just very annoying um, to look at, and they kill him right away. And they so they give it, they get all these like kind of ugly personality characters of people you don't like, but then at the end you you do end up caring for some of them. And I, I thought that that uh, he did it in a way that wasn't too heavy handed, but it was like, oh, it's a that was a clever trick that you pulled. The heart of the movie being that really foxy uh, Portuguese woman, Portuguese woman uh, with the oh, rat. She was terrible. <laughs> oh, she was really? A terrible actress. She stunk. She was so bad. Every one of her lines, she simply she was either on Klonopin or or <laughs> bored or just just didn't want to be there. Her whole thing was just like, oh, I I I have a little rat and that little rat is my friend and then I'm gonna be sleeping and then I'm tired and I'm sleeping. It's like what the fuck is this? Like I understand she's hot. But I, I just, yeah, her performance was just like, what is this character? I don't get it. Like, I, a minority, sure, but I don't know. It just seems like she was bored the whole time. I mean, I look, I, I, I was indifferent my... to this woman. I know a lot of people have been raving about her on Twitter for whatever reason. But I look, I don't understand either perspective. I think that was all the CG rat doing the work for her. Well, it's because she's like the new, hot, quirky character. So we have to care for her because 
oh my god she's got rats and now she's covered in rats and rats saved her fucking fuck you like that was so heavy-handed to me like it didn't fucking work at all you didn't also, like taika waititi's cameo oof i did not like no, taika no, waititi's no i didn't like it either that was that was i didn't even realize it was i thought it was just some brown dude on screen uh, <laughs> well, i thought they got some indian uh, man to show up <laughs> they got they got him uh, but also the harley thing uh i i feel like at, at the beginning when when they kill uh her and flag i was like oh, okay cool so they were brave enough to kill like the most famous character of this oh no never mind she just like rolled away from the explosion and she's alive and then all of a sudden she kills this mexican guy because she cares about children from what why like where is this coming from and it just feels like or at least it felt to me like well this is the most famous character of this, so we can't kill her. But now, all of a sudden, we're going to turn her into something that she's not at all in any type of media ever before, just because we want people to feel for her. And she has to be good at the end, even though she's kind of wacky, but not really, you know? And then at the end, she's the one that saves the day by killing the the uh, uh, Pokemon, uh, the giant star Pokemon. Uh, and then it's like, yeah, well, she, she's actually a good... You know what? She's not that bad. She's actually pretty nice. What the fuck is this? 